Aren't you glad that no place or anywhere, anytime changes who he is and what he can do? Amen. Circumstances does not change God. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, I just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace to us, Father. Thank you for your love, Lord, you bestowed upon our lives, Lord. Lord, we just come tonight asking, Father, you'd speak to us once again, that you would touch our hearts, you'd touch our lives. Lord, if there be anything in our lives, Lord, that we need to, to be made right, Father, that your word would correct us, Lord. Whatever it is, Father, we, we want you to speak to our hearts, Lord, we pray. We commit this service to your hand, Lord, everything to be said and done for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We'll let you be seated. We've been looking at this thought on Jesus Christ the same. I'd like to speak to you this evening on Jesus Christ the same, the faithful God. The faithful God. The same meaning, again, identical or unchanged. The same. And we're thankful that we serve a God who is the same. I'm thankful that today when I woke up this morning that he wasn't a different God or had a different idea or a different viewpoint, but he's still the same God. And it's, it gives us stability to a Christian life. Really, that's what gives us all of our stability is he's the same. Amen. He's the same as we said last Wednesday in every detail. He's the same in, every, in his word. What he said before is what he is today. So we can look in, in this word and we can find and we can begin to look and see as he was yesterday, so he is today. You know, as he was with Israel, the physical seed, so he is with spiritual Israel, the spiritual seed. Amen. He saved himself a namesake then. He'll save himself a namesake now. He delivered them then. He will deliver them now. He healed them then. He will heal now. Amen. He was faithful then, he is faithful now. Amen. I want to look at Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6, and, and this scripture is one of, my, one of my favorite scriptures to read. It says, for thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are on the face of the earth. Now the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more than number than any people for ye were the fewest of all people. So he's telling them that I didn't choose you because of you. I chose you because of my heart and my thought towards you. Amen. And, and God had this thought of Israel, this thought of them before the foundation of the world. And, and he came to them in a time that it seemed like they, wouldn't, they wasn't qualified to be a chosen people. They were slaves. They were bound in Egypt. They were down in Egypt. But he came to them to show them love, amen, because he's faithful. And he would tell them this. He said, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. Amen. The faithful God, which keepeth covenants and mercy with them that he loves and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. Faithful is not just what God does. It is what God is. Faithful is being steadfast, it's being unwavering, it's being firm, it's being constant. Faithful is being dependable, it's being determined, it's devoted, it's committed. He's faithful to his word, therefore he is determined to see his word fulfilled. He is faithful to his people, therefore he is determined to see them saved. 
Oh, hallelujah. He's faithful to us, amen, as his children. Therefore, he is determined to see his word fulfilled for their healing, for their deliverance, amen, for everything that they have need of. You say, well, tonight I'm sick. Well, you serve a faithful God. You say, tonight I need deliverance. Well, you serve a faithful God. Amen. A God who is not dependent upon the earth's uh, governments or the earth's atmospheres or the earth's uh, where you are or what you're in or what condition you're in, that does not depend, that, that has no determination on God whatsoever. But even in your worst times, God is faithful. In your worst sickness, God is faithful. In your worst problems, God is faithful. Amen. So he is determined to see every scripture fulfilled. Therefore, he would say, not a dot, not a tittle will fall to the ground, but every one of it, every part of it will be fulfilled. So when you read your Bible, you can believe it's going to be fulfilled if it hasn't been already. God is going to fulfill every part of his word. And he would say this in Numbers 23 and verse 19. He would say, God is not a man that he would lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and, hath he said it, and shall he not do it? Or what he has said, he shall do. Or what he has spoken, he shall make it good. Amen. He makes every promise good. And he is determined that his word will not fail. But just as determined as he is to see his word not fail, he's determined to see his bride not fail. He's, he's determined to see that you not fail. He's determined that his healing will be there for you in your time of need. He is determined that his salvation will be there even when you don't know you need saving. Even when you don't know you need God, God is still faithful. Amen. And we can see it in Abraham as he called him by election, by sovereign grace. And the covenant that he gave to Abraham was completely and wholly unconditional. Unconditional. He, made it, he didn't make any conditions at all about it. And that's the same covenant you have tonight. So your covenant is not dependent on how good you are, how great you are. He didn't choose you because you were great. He chose you to make you great. He didn't choose you to call it to, because you were worthy. He chose you to make you worthy. He didn't choose you to cause you was without sin. He chose you that you would be blameless. And so God is determined, amen, that these will be fulfilled in man. God is determined to save man. That makes me want to shout because in the darkest hour there's ever been, God has not lost that determination. God is still determined as he's ever been to save somebody. He's still determined as he's ever been to heal somebody. He's still determined as he's ever been to lift them up out of the miry clay and to put them upon a rock. God is still determined. There's been, you know, two covenants. One was given to Abraham, or to Adam, if you will, I will, and it was broke. But the Abrahamic covenant was given to Abraham, and it was not if you will, I will. It was I have. I've already done it. I, I, I have done it. Not I will do, I have done it. God is determined to save man. Therefore, he made a covenant. If you will, I will. He broke it. But he come around and said, it's not what you do. It's what I've already done. Man can't keep his covenant, but God will always keep his covenant. Man cannot keep his promises. We can see that. How many promises have been broken even today? Amen. Man cannot keep them, but God has never broken promise. Even dealing with Israel, and he would tell them, if you don't heed, heed the word of God, and, and you'll, you'll go into slavery, go right back to where you came from. And that's exactly what he would say. But he said, I will bring you out again. And that's exactly what he did. And he kept over and over. Why? Because he was determined to have a seed. He was determined to have a people. He was determined to have sons and daughters. Amen. But how much more if he was determined over the physical seed, how much more is he determined over the spiritual seed of Abraham? I am determined to have children. I am determined to have sons. I am determined to have daughters. And the devil can do what he wants to, but my word will not fail. Man can't keep a covenant. But God keeps his every time. Man can't keep his promises, but God keeps it every time. 
Amen. It's, it isn't because you do something. It's because God did something. Amen. You're not here tonight because you did something. You're here tonight because God did something. You're not saved tonight because you did something. You're saved tonight because God did something. Amen. It isn't, it's not that you chose God. It's God chose you. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, even God is determined. Listen to this. It's another determination of God. He said when invitations was given at the marriage there, the parable in the, in the New Testament, excuses were made. And back they come and said, well, they won't come. This one done that. And this one got that. He said, you listen, at the, at the last time he sent them out, he said, go to the hedges and the highways and the byways, get the lame, the halt, the blind, and compel them to come. He said, why did God do that? For God is determined determined that his table will be set and there will be somebody there. Oh, hallelujah. God wants his table full. Therefore, he's determined whatever I've got to do, I'm going to have somebody there. I, if I got to get them from the highways, if I got to go to the byways, if I got to go to the lowest of the lowest, wherever I've got to go, I am determined that my word will not fail. We ought to be thankful tonight we have a God who's determined. Where would you be if he wasn't determined? Amen. If he was just not determined to save you and the first slip up you made or the second or the tenth or however many chances you got, amen, he could have just gave up on you and walked away and said, well, I'll find me somebody else. But God was determined. And he said, I'll do whatever I got to because that is my son there. That is my daughter there. I'll defeat every devil. I'll break every barrier. I'll I'll tear down every stronghold. Whatever I got to do, that's my son. I'm tonight thankful that God is determined. He said, my, I said, God's people act many times odd and peculiar. No, they act strange. Why? Because they're not tied up with the affairs of this world. They're dead and buried in Christ and raised up a new life to be the first fruits of them that enjoy the spiritual resurrection. He said that's the Holy Spirit would flow through every member and would show forth the glory of God like God showed Egypt when he brought the vine out. He said, but there is a wild vine. Now, just bear with me for a second. He said, there is a wild vine. The Bible speaks of it in 2 Kings. About Remember the story about the pottage and, and they wouldn't gathered it out and there was death in the pot. He said, but brother, there is a wild vine growing. It grows around creeds and denominationals, denominational spirits. He said, when it gets out there, it shuts off all the spiritual joy. And the first thing you know, that vine is dead. But God is determined that his vine won't die. Oh, hallelujah. He showed his determination all the way down to the dark ages. The vine that started there and it went through Jesus through the life of, uh, and it broke out of the Holy Ghost of the day of Pentecost, went through the disciples and then down to the second age and the third age and, and it looks like the devil's doing everything he can to put it out and, and bringing up the e- ecclesiastical moves and all the things that were taking place and, and, the, and, the, and the outright trying to put the light out. But God was determined. Hallelujah. And God's determined to have church tonight whether you want to or not. Amen. God is determined to go beyond our darkness, to go beyond our fears, to go beyond the things that we're going through, all the things. God is determined to break through. He said, I will have a church. I will have a vine. The devil can try to put creeds. The devil can try to put dogmas upon it. But what does God do? He fills it with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it comes down in Jesus Christ's name. And that church begins to pulsate. Why? Because he's faithful. It begins to feel the presence of the living God. Why? He's faithful. It begins to watch him move and heal the sick. Why? Because he's faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalms 37, 23 says it like this. It says the steps of a good man or a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. In other words, he's not going to tell you what to do and then leave you to it. 
if you, would, if you look into this, it's ordered by the Lord. In other words, the Lord's going to go with you in your steps. And he delighteth in his way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Oh, hallelujah. That's not the end of the story because God's determined and God's faithful. And because the, the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. He says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bed. Why? Because God is faithful. He is ever merciful and lendeth and his seed is blessed. Why? Because God is faithful. Hebrews 11, 11 says it like this, and here's a key to this. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to concede seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why? Because she judged him faithful. Not herself faithful. Not herself any good. Well, I've, I've been doing pretty good. I've listened to so many tapes. I've read much. That's not what it's all about. Yes, yeah, part of it, but that's not what it's all about. It's judging him faithful. He made the promise. He'll bring it to pass. Hallelujah. He promised healing to my body. It wasn't I promised it. He promised it. It wasn't a preacher promised it. He promised it. It wasn't, it wasn't a pope that promised it or even a prophet that promised it. He promised it. So therefore, you got to take your eyes off of your, your humanity and what you've done wrong and what you said or how you laughed. Laughed when he said you was going to have a child and you said, there's no way it could be me. But God was determined. He said, I'm going to have a son. I'm going to, it's going to come through Abraham and it's going to come through Sarah. And it does not matter about it if she laughed. I'm still going to have it. And she began to turn her eyes off of her in, insignificant things and her humanity and her spirit that she was all in, the mood that was she in. And she began to look at him. She said, that God's faithful. Amen. It's time some of you get your eyes off your own humanity or the humanity around you or or the, or the world around you and the things around you and the spirits around you and, and the chaos around you and the atmospheres around you and the problems around you and the, all the situations that seemingly are unending around you and get your eyes and start looking to him and say, he's faithful. How many can say that tonight? How many can say, Lord, I judge you faithful? This judge is, is actually, I, I esteem him. I, I put him in the place he belongs, that he's faithful. I, I consider him faithful. Even when I haven't been faithful, he's faithful. Hallelujah. Even when I've been in my doubt, he's still faithful. Even when I've been in my fear and worry, he's still faithful. Even when I've been thinking about quitting, he's still faithful. And from that, there sprang there even one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky, and multitude as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. He said, you got scripture for that, Brother Timothy, that when we're not faithful, he is faithful? Yep, do. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what it means. If we believe not or if we are faithless, he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Oh, hallelujah. So even when you're not even faithful and you're faithless and you can't even believe the promises for yourself, he's still faithful. Even when you cannot grasp a hold of it and give it for your own, he's still faithful. Even when it seems like it escapes you every time and it's been year after year, month after month, day after day, however long it's been, you've been in this battle, you've been in the thing, I'm just losing faith, I'm giving up. He's still faithful. He's not 
removed himself from your battle. He's still in the middle of it. He's not removed himself from your steps. He's ordered your steps. He's brought you to this place to show you I am faithful. He cannot deny himself. You say, well, Brother Timothy, I've got sin. What about my sin? Okay, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. (laughs) And just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus Christ, the same, the faithful God. He would show himself faithful all the way through the Old Testament. I mean, go try to find out where he wasn't faithful. Try to find out where he wasn't there when they had need of him. They called on him, and they asked him to forgive their sins, and he forgave them. Mercy after mercy after mercy extended. And that's why Paul would even speak it, be able to pick it up, and he said, we serve a God who's rich in mercy. Why? Because he could look at all the mercy that that God, the great Jehovah had given the children of Israel and he brought them through all kinds of things and they would forsake him and they would serve other gods and he he would let the enemy come and they would cry out, God forgive us and his mercy, he was still faithful. He would still come and he would still move on the scene and break down the bars and the walls and set his people free and then go right back again and do the same thing and he would do it all over again. Why? Because he was faithful. That's why even now I still have hope for those that have walked away from him. I know God's still faithful. All I got to say is, God, I'm sorry, and God will be there for them because he's faithful. He showed himself all the way through the Old Testament Time after time after time after time, a faithful God. He would show it in Abraham's life when Abraham would be put to the test and he would be sent up there on the mountain to, to sacrifice his son. And he, he, went, he just went according to God's word because he knew God made the promise and there he judged him faithful. He's like, hey, if God told me to take my son, he must have a plan. He's going to raise him up again. Because he said, through, this, through Isaac, my seed shall be. And so he takes him upon a mountain to sacrifice him. But God was looking at Abraham. And when he went to draw back the sword, he said, Abraham, it's not what you will, I will. And he had a lamb, a ram over in the bush. Why? Because God was faithful. Amen. God would come time after time. Noah's life, he was faithful. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and God showed faithfulness to Noah and his whole household to get him out of the whole situation that was about to come upon the earth. Why? Because God's faithful. We heard about his Sunday, about them saving saving uh, Israel out of Egypt and all the things that took place. Incredible show of God's faithfulness. God didn't lead them out of Egypt to leave them there to die in the wilderness. No matter how much their faithless heart said so. He didn't do it. He brought him out to show his power because he's faithful. He would come all the way down. Why would David step out into into the valley with a giant many times his size, many times his strength? Brother Aaron ministered on it so wonderfully here a couple Wednesdays ago. Many times his abilities. Many times, and it seemed like an impossibility, but David said, I'll go fight him. Why? Because he judged his God faithful. And he knew the same God that saved him from a lion and from a bear. He was faithful in them situations. He's not lost his faithfulness today. Right? We can see him all the way down. Daniel found him faithful. Three Hebrew children found him faithful. And we got all kinds of examples. We preached on him many times of God's faithfulness. But why is it when we get to our situation, we forget who he is? And he comes in Jesus Christ, in a human vessel named Jesus Christ, God veiled in flesh, crying as a baby in the manger. Skinning his knees as a teenager, walks the shores of Galilee. Why? Because he was faithful. 
He had a seed. The, the, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because he's faithful. Amen. He wants to see all flesh saved. Did you hear that? That's the kind of merciful God we serve. He wants to see all flesh saved. I actually had started looking at this several months ago at his faithfulness. And Jesus the same. Thinking about the pool of Bethesda. Thinking about that situation. And we know uh, the chosen just come out with that. And I thought they hit some very good inspiration. This, this ain't even my notes, but just thinking about it. Here Jesus comes, and he's trying to show this, this man that's been laying here for years. He's been in this condition for years, and he's lost faith. Where all he now has is excuses. Why God hasn't done it, or why he can't get to this pool, or why, why nobody will take me, nobody, when I try to move, somebody steps on me, and all, all these excuses, and that's what happens when we get in a battle, or we get in something that lasts a long time, and we get to the points in our lives, and we begin to say, well, and we begin to doubt, not just us, we begin to doubt him. And here he came down and he asked the man, do you want to be healed? Or wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be healed? And the man starts giving him all of his excuses and said, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, do you want to be healed? I'm asking you, do you want to get out of this condition in this place and never come back here again? If you'll look away from the situation you're in and the excuses and the problems and the sicknesses that's tormented you for years and years and years and you'll look at me, you'll walk away from here because I am faithful. I have the power to do this. I have the ability to do this. It's in my word. And he began to look away from his excuses. And he began to realize there's somebody else here. This isn't somebody that just can pick me up and, and take me and dump me off in a pool somewhere. This is somebody that can heal me. And his thought process began to change. And his look began to change. And things began to move and operate. And what Jesus said, he said, rise, walk, take up thy bed and walk. I thought it was so wonderful how they picked up the inspiration. The man said, why? And he stood up on his feet and he said, why is it important for me to take my bed? And Peter come and told him and said, because your reason why you got to take your bed because you're not coming back here. That's wonderful right there. It's time some of you take your old beds of excuses and your old beds of things that's held on to you for a long time. Rise up and walk. Judge him faithful and get out of that condition and say, I'm not going there again. I'm not going back to my complaints and my worries and my feelings. I'm not looking at that. I'm taking my bed and I'm walking out of here because I'm not coming back again. If you leave it there, you'll go back again. But he's faithful. He expressed his faithfulness to the human race. To forgive. He expressed his faithfulness to the human race to love those who were unlovable. Oh, we can love those who love us, but he loved those who didn't love him because he was faithful. He was the greatest representation of love that's ever hit the earth. He was despised of those who lived on the earth to whom he loved, who he come to love. No man could ever love him. Love like him. No man was ever hated like him. They hated him because he was faithful. They despised him because he was faithful. They rejected him because he was faithful. But it did not stop his love because he was faithful. They laughed when he was hanging on the cross because he was faithful. After that life that he had lived, been done nothing but good things, forgiven the guilty. Why? Because he was faithful. Healing the sick because he was faithful. Done things that were good. And when he took his last breath on the cross, they spit on him. They mocked him. 
They made fun of him. They ripped the beard from him because he was faithful. Not because he deserved it. He didn't deserve what he got. He did it because he was faithful. And he said, when, when all of this happened, he could have turned his head from them. He could have called 10,000 legions of angels to take him off the cross. But he turned and looked at them with eyes of love. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why? Because he's faithful. I can hear his voice tonight saying, Father, forgive them for their doubt. Forgive them for their anxiety and their fears. Why? Because he's faithful. He can understand. Being God, he understands. That's why he can love us when we were unlovable. Because he's God and he understands. Oh, living, he loved me. Why? Because he was faithful. Never a life lived like that. It was wrapped in love. Dying, he saved me. A death like never before. Why? Because he was faithful. He, could, he took the penalty of sin. There was no one that could pay this penalty for another. Every man, though he might die for another man, but he was guilty. That man was guilty to begin with, but here come one that wasn't guilty. And he took your sin, and he took your guilt, and he bore it to an old rugged tree. Why? Because he's faithful. Hallelujah. He said there was only one way for it to be paid, and that was the death of God himself. So God being a spirit couldn't die, so he came in a body, and he expressed himself in a body without sin. He expressed the love of God without sin. He took all of the sin without sin. Amen. Why? Because he's faithful. Amen. That he might take the guilt of the guilty. Mercy, Jesus. All of us being sinners, not a way in the world for us to be saved. Not in no way in the world we could come on our own. We could not even come and make our own sacrifices anymore. Abel tried, Abel tried and he died. Others tried it and they died. But here come one, the faithful one, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world come to take the place of guilty sinners, mashed and bruised. Why? Because he's faithful. Scoffed and made fun of. Why? Because he's faithful. Died to death. No creature could die except God himself. His bloody locks hanging from his shoulders, dripping to the ground. Express what a horrible thing the sin was. And when he had to die to redeem man from the life of sin, nothing else could die like that. But he did it. Why? Because he's faithful. He took your sins. Why? Because he's faithful. He took your sickness. Why? Because he's faithful. I want to keep hammering on to you tonight. God is faithful. He's not going to let this come down to the end of this and say, I just give up and walk away. No, he said, I'm going to have a bride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. I'm going to have a table full of guests. I'm going to have a people that's going to come out and be overcomers and lay out in church age. Therefore, I'll write it in my Bible because I'm that sure of it. Amen. He came as a man. Even David would cry out 800 years before, right down in the Psalms, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What a terrible thing sin does separating man from God. He was a sin offering that had to be offered for, our, offered for our sins. He was separated from the presence of God. Sin had separated him, and God placed our sin on him, and that separated him from God, and that's why he cried, 
Why hast thou forsaken me? He did it because he's faithful. Because he was forsaken and taken this place, seen as people who rejected him, who hated him, despised him. It grieved him so till he was so brokenhearted, till the blood and water and chemicals of his body separated. He took it. Man, man will never know what that was like. That's the reason there could be no one else ever die like that. He said, Brother Bram said, I don't care how tormented you ever are, you'll never be tormented like that. He said, how they might put your feet in stocks, they might saw you by inches. They might burn you by inches, but you could not die that death because your makeup's not like that. He had to be God. He had to be more than a man in the makeup. He died of a broken heart. Why? Because he's faithful. <laughs> he died with such grief. Why? Because he was faithful. He died until the chemical reaction took place in his body to where it would separate water and blood. Why? Because he was faithful. Because he knew there was going to be somebody that was going to need it. He knew there was going to be a people that was going to need those stripes for healing. He knew there was going to be a people that was going to need that crown of thorns and those stripes upon his back and those nails through his hands and feet for their sins, for their wrongs, for their worries, for their fears. He knew it would be so. Therefore, he remained faithful. He remained faithful for you, for me. He remained faithful for Ron Spencer. He remained faithful for Brother Kenny Campus here tonight. He remained faithful and he's not changed. We serve a faithful God. Hanging there, a precious life that knew nothing but love and doing good. Hanging between heaven and earth. Lifted up, stripped naked, embarrassed. Think how you would be. Stripped naked. You wouldn't know embarrassment to what God would have hanging there. He said, I know the crucifix. I have some little thing hanging there. He said, it wasn't like that. They stripped him. He had a robe. They tore it off and gambled for it. He was embarrassed to the utmost. Amen. Yet being God, he stood. And sinners spit in his face. In the very depths of modesty die before the public, stripped naked. Such an effect it took on him. The poet would write it like this. He said, men render, mid rendering rocks and darkening skies, my Savior bowed his head and died. But the open veil revealed the way to heaven's joys and endless days. Sure, he had to do it. The veil hung between man and God, and that opening veil revealed a way to heaven's joys and endless days. Therefore, he remained faithful. Therefore, you could go beyond the veil. You could go into that place because he was faithful. Calvary means something. It means more than we can express. That's why the power poet was saying, living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Oh, it's, it's, what is it? Sin has now been condemned. Why? Because he's faithful, and therefore sin has no more hold on you. Why? Because he's faithful. Hallelujah, sin and sickness and problems are finished. How do you know they're finished? Because he said they was finished. He screamed out. It was more than just his life giving up the ghost or his life leaving his body. When he began to scream out, it is finished. Amen. It was more than speaking about his life leaving his body. He knew when that life left. It was going down to get those down there in that, that, old, that old grave that had been buried somewhere. And he's going after Abraham, Isaac, and Sarah and all the patriarchs that found him faithful. Amen. That judged him faithful. And he knocked on the door and they began to scream, here he is. 
It's the same one I saw on the plains of memory. It's the same one that revealed the secrets of my heart. That's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. That's the one that was in the fire with me. There he is, the faithful one. But he didn't go down there to stay with them. He go to say, come on, boys. It's time to go home. Why? Because he was faithful. Therefore, he knew when he said it was finished. That sin's power was now broke. Oh, hallelujah. Sickness's power over a human being is now broke. And it's still broke. Because the blood is still in effect as it's ever been. Therefore, if it's in effect and it had healing power then, and it did. You can read through the book of Acts in that first church age, that blood had healing power. There was a palsy healed. There was a lame healed. There was a blind healed. There was every kind of sickness and halt and lame healed. It showed it had power then. It has power now. And it was at that moment, cancer lost its power. It was at that moment high blood pressure and sugar by diabetes and every kind of disease you want to name tonight lost its power. Let's just call it sickness. Let's just call it demons of hell. They lost their power over God's people. Why? Because he's faithful. He held on. Therefore, you can now hold on. So I would scream at the cross, it's finished. It's done. Sin and sickness is powerless. It's lifeless. He said, think of that, people. That sin that held you for a long time is now dead and lifeless. There is no more effect. It can't have any more effect. When the blood of Jesus Christ is wiped over it, it's removed from henceforth and forevermore. Mercy, Jesus. Now it's dead. It's buried. It's lifeless. No more life in it. That sinless lamb that knew no sin that God who knew no wrong, his life given there buried, he carried my sins far away, but it didn't end there. And rising, he was still faithful. He justified forever, oh glorious day. He's moved our sins where? To the sea of forgetfulness. He's talking about faithfulness to where he don't even remember it no more. God cannot remember it anymore because he's faithful. And it's both dead and buried. It cannot even be brought back to God's memory. They're out of God's memory. Well, that ought to do something for you. That devil's been trying to bring up your past. Remind him it's out of God's memory. That's all that matters. I don't care if you remember, devil, because your word don't matter. Your decree and your laws does not matter. It has no jurisdiction over my life. The only one that has jurisdiction over my life is Jesus Christ. And my sins have been removed and placed in the sea of his forgetfulness. And he don't remember it anymore. That's all that matters. Hallelujah. He was a lamb. But he, because he was faithful. He died because he was faithful. He was buried because he was faithful. He rose again because he was faithful. But it don't end there. He's coming back again because he's faithful. Oh, hallelujah. What good would it have been for him to come 2,000 years ago to us today if he's not coming back again for us? He's coming back again for us. He promised he would. Think of the story of the armor girl, the armor boy that went to, out to the west to get that girl, and, and she stood there on the side of the street because he told her he's going to come at a certain time, and she made herself ready. She got dressed, and she made herself ready and went out and getting mocked at and laughed at and carried on all kinds, but she had enough faith in that man's words that that man told me, he met me right over there at that corral, and he told me he's going to come back at this time. Therefore, I'm going to stand out here until he does. And they made fun of her, and they laughed, and they said, you're a bunch of crazy, bunch of, you're nuts, you've lost your mind. If anybody he'd come after, he'd come after this one or that one or somebody else, and he's going to come after little old you. That's what he told me. That's what he said. Therefore, I'm going to stand here till he does, because I judge his word to be faithful. 
I don't think he was joking with me. I don't think he was making fun of me. He was very sincere with me when he began to reveal to me the secrets of his heart and reveal to me who I was. And he told me that I was to be his wife. And he said, I'm coming back. Therefore, I'm staying right here. Come on, somebody. Amen. She stood upon the words of a mortal man. Come on, a mortal man that could be affected by things. He could be affected by train wrecks or affected by whatever kind of things, a buggy breaking down. He could be affected by all kinds of stuff, but she still stood there on the words of a mortal man. But you're not here tonight standing on the words of a mortal man. You're not here tonight at church because of the words of a mortal man. You're not believing in his return because of the words of a mortal man. He said he's coming back. He told me the secrets of his heart. He revealed to me himself, and he told me who I am. And he said, I'm coming back at a certain time, at a certain age. You be ready, and that's why I'm here. Call me what you want to. Call me a holy roller. Make fun of this church all you want to. You can make fun of our worship. But he said he's coming back. He said he's going to be here and I'm going to remain right here till he returns. Not only is your sin forgiven, it's buried and remembered no more. Dead forever. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rising, he justified. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried his my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Oh, what a Savior. Faithful. He knew his word was faithful. He had enough confidence in his word. He said, you destroy this temple in three days and I'll raise it up again. Because he knew that word wasn't going to return into him void, but it was going to do what it promised it would do. And he rose up from the dead. Rising, he justified freely forever. Oh, no wonder it brings emotions. No wonder the human heart cannot contain it. Because he died and was buried and rose up again. No wonder the angels in heaven sing the praises of God. Old Testament saints in paradise shouted hallelujah. The heavens shook, the earth shook, the paradise shook. Hell shook with that great voice coming forth. Up from the grave he arose, arose, rising. He justified freely forever. And the saints that die here in him can sing this. When we look at that amazing grace yonder, we know it's still amazing grace now. That if I go down in the grave, I'm going to rise up again. Why? God has promised me he would. And therefore, he will do what he said he would do. All sins are pardoned. All sickness is broke. Death is defeated. Hell is conquered. Why? Because he's faithful. Because he's faithful. Let's read it here. In Psalms 119 and verse 90. Brother, brother, brother Timothy, is he going to run out of faithfulness? Well, let's see. 119 and verse 90. Thy faithfulness is unto what? All generations. (laughs) So if he was faithful in Abraham's generation, he's faithful in my generation. If he was faithful in my daddy's generation, the prophet of God's generation, and he come down and showed himself faithful, would raise the dead, heal the sick, save the lost, miracles and signs and wonders, he's still the same. So he's faithful in all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. So as long as this earth abides, he's faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Make it say that. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. He won't put more sickness on you than you can handle. That's what he told Brother Ron at the beginning. He said, if you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. And we saw that taking place. Saw a dead man here. I'm just talking about a doctor decreed dead man. Should have been dead within months. 
almost a year, right at a year later, stand behind this pulpit and preach like a 30 or 40 year old. Like he was back then. And still preaching like that. Does that not mean that he don't have bad days still? Yeah, he has bad days. He has sickness that comes against him, as you heard, even on Sunday. But God has been faithful. And God is faithful. And God has not lost one ounce of power over cancer. Amen. But he's going to make a way of escape. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says, The Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. The Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And he would say it here in Lamentations 3 and verse 21. This I recall to my mind. This I want you to recall to your mind. We, we think about all kinds of things, but recall this to your mind. And if you can recall this to your mind and your trials and your situations and the things that you're going through, you can have hope. He says, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great. In other words, it's, it's a word that means almost innumerable. It's innumerable are your faithfulness. Story after story, time after time. We wouldn't even have time tonight to tell of God's faithfulness just in this church. But it's to all generations. It's to every heart. It's to every life. It's to every person. And great is that faithfulness. Do you find him faithful tonight? Do you find him trustworthy tonight? Amen. Or in other words, do you find him somebody you can put your trust in? And your life in? And your body in? And your mind in? And your spirit in? And say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but you're faithful. You promised you was going to make me a way of escape, and I'm looking for that moment. He did it for Peter. We can find his faithfulness all the way through the New Testament. Well, my goodness, all the things that but Paul there on the ship going down. He showed faithfulness in his moment. When he got bit by a snake, he showed faithfulness in his moment. When Peter was in jail and it seemed like all hope was gone and the saints began to pray, he showed faithfulness in those moments. He'd touch him on the side and say, come on, Peter, come out of this place. And you don't ever know when your touch is coming. You don't know when that touch is about to happen. Peter, maybe that was the last thing on his mind. He had, a, he had soldiers on all four sides of him. He was in the innermost prison. He had bars all around him, guards everywhere. And the, that, the angel don't pay no attention to guards or cancer or spirits. Or, he comes right beyond all of it, uh, strongholds and bondages and walls. God's never paid no attention to none of that. When he decided to get his, his child out, he went and got him out. It didn't matter how much the devil had covered him up. It didn't matter how much the devil walled him in. When God decided it was time, he went and got him. You don't know when your touch is coming. But remain faithful. Keep your faith in a faithful God. Let's bow our hands. God is faithful. That even when you're faithless, he's faithful. Even when you don't know which way is up and which way is down, he's faithful. Even when you're about to give up, he's faithful. Don't give up on his promise. He's faithful. Well, I meant tonight, said, Lord, as that man would say to Jesus, Lord, help my unbelief. I want to be found faithful. He said, well, I find faith when I return. I want to be found a man of faith standing there waiting for his return, looking for him.
Just lift your hands to Him. Just talk to the Lord for a moment. Just a reminder. God just want to remind you tonight who He is. A simple little subject. God's faithful. You don't know when He's going to touch you on the side and say, you're out of this. You're out of that cancer. You're, you're out of that blood pressure. You're out of that situation. You're out of that conflict. You're out of that anxiety. You're out of that, you're out of that lawsuit. You're out of all that. Just know he's faithful. He saw it all coming before he came. He knows your needs. He knows your situations. He knows your struggles. He knows the, the attack on faith right now. Speaking with that chaplain Carey the other day on the way to the graveside, he said, told me and Brother, Brother Tim said, be praying for us. He said, the Navy I joined is not the Navy I'm in. He said, I told my, my superior the other day, my admiral, I said, it's no longer storm clouds. There's battle lines that's been drawn. There's things being implemented right now into the armed forces that will systematically remove people of faith. And he told us this statement. It stuck with me. He said, a man without faith won't fight. God wants you to have faith in him. So therefore, he gave you something that you can believe in. You may not can believe in another man. You may not can believe in a government. You may not can believe in anything around here, but you can believe in him. Therefore, you can have faith to fight. The devil's doing everything he can to systematically remove people of faith. But just keep holding on. God's faithful. Keep holding on to that promise. Don't let it go. I'd rather die holding on to a promise than to live walking away. Because I know he's faithful. Father, you've seen the hands that were lifted all over this building, Lord. Lord, I need a reminder in my life that you're faithful. Lord, in situations and lives and things we go through, you're every bit faithful. You never one time has failed. I ask, Father, you'll bless each and every one who lifted a hand, Lord. May that, that little seed of faith ignite once again. Yes, Lord, I believe you're my healer. I believe you're my deliverer. I believe you're my provider. I believe you're my protector. That's what your word declares that you are. Therefore, I'm holding on. Bless each heart, I pray. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Bless each heart. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Redeemer is 
aren't you glad to be serving a faithful God? One that keeps his word. Not one jot, one tittle will pass away. But every word of his that he gave is going to be fulfilled. As he, as he said, I'll have a bride. She'll be without spot or wrinkle or blemish. He can't change his mind about that. Amen. He has to work to bring that to pass. And he's going to do it in our lives. Change us. Change us from glory to glory. Amen. Brother Andrew, help me sing that song, My Hope is in the Lord. Because that's where hope lays tonight, is in his faithfulness.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you today. You're our healer, our deliverer. Amen. You know, we come down to this last age, and it's Laodicea. Every age, God gave a revelation of his deity, of his Godhead. And we come down to the last age, and he says, I am the faithful and true witness. And we saw when God sent this message in this last day, we saw service after service, time after time, the Holy Spirit coming right back confirming his word over and over and over. I'm your healer, I'm your deliverer, I'm your savior, amen. This is what God is showing us. I'm the faithful God, the faithful and true witness. Amen. Reach out tonight to him. Amen. And receive it from him. Amen. There's a wonderful old song I want to sing tonight. It's the lily of the valley. I have found that friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. Can you testify that tonight? That he's everything to me. Amen. Whatever I need. He's that to me. Well, I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley and him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully Oh. 